Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I am Joel Canalmessa. I'm joined by Ram Superfan Mike Rowe. Sorry for the few week hiatus. We'll continue to put these out as often as we can. We do them for free and we do them for fun. Uh, so sometimes other life priorities get in the way. I apologize. But uh, got a good show today. Today we've invited Voice of the Rams, Brian Roth, to join us. He'll be on in our second segment. It'll be great asking him about his career. Uh, he's got an upcoming uh, radio show. Uh, Ram radio show. Uh, we'll talk about his favorite memories, thoughts on the uh, the quarantine and, and how that's going to affect things and his broadcast and and uh, his his 20 year career at CSU. So uh, and, and a lot more. So that's going to be a great conversation. Looking forward to that. Before we get into it today, if you haven't heard yet, the 20th annual Ram Nation Pigskin Pick'em Contest is now live. So get to RamNation.com go to the, uh, you'll see on the right side of the website, there's a button ad for the Shields Pigskin Picking Contest. Uh, it's free. You pick 15 games against the point spread. The winner at the end of the year is going to get a free shopping spree at Shields. Uh, they were so gracious last December for our bowl picking contest to help out uh, when our longtime sponsor Rams Bookstore closed its doors for good. If you haven't been to Shields, man, uh, they're down in Johnstown, uh, just south of Windsor there. You got to go. I mean, they've got a 65-foot Ferris wheel, 16,000-gallon saltwater aquarium, 22-foot wildlife mountain. Uh, they got a hall of presidents with life-size talking presidents that share info about our nation's history. Uh, they got like an arcade, interactive games and simulators, and they got a cafe. And then, of course, you're really there uh, for the shopping. Uh, so uh, they got the largest selection of sporting goods in Colorado, great selection of CSU gear. So Really want to thank Shields for their Ram Nation sponsorship. And uh, in, in addition to the grand prize for that contest, we got, we're going to have prizes from Mighty River Brewing Company. They'll have free beer taster flights for each weekly winner of the contest, as well as prizes for our top finishers at the end of the year, which uh, include, uh, I think, our top 10. Uh, we'll all get free flight tasters there. Uh, we'll have growlers for our top three finishers. Uh, so uh, gracious, gracious people. Mighty River is owned and operated by Dan and Christine Miller. They got an amazing environment there at their brewery where you can enjoy fresh beer. They got a dozen something beers on, on tap. So please stop by to see them. And as always, show Ram Nation on your phone. You'll get a dollar off your beer. So thank you to them. Michael, all right, man. So uh, shortly before we started recording this thing, we received the fall football schedule. And uh, as you know, it's a league only eight game schedule we'll talk about that in a second but uh, we also we haven't been on in a few weeks so we haven't even talked about the reinstatement of mountain west football this fall what are your thoughts on uh, us getting some actual uh, csu and mountain west football this fall i mean like everybody i'm excited you know i i appreciate everything that the presidents did i think that starting it as hastily as some of these other conferences have what, what, what was the wrong move? I mean, you look at Notre Dame. I mean, they're, what, two weeks in a row. I mean, they've shut down their their program, basically. Missed last week's game against Wake Forest. Again, they're missing this week's game. Uh, can't remember who they're supposed to play. And then, I mean, there's other uh, other games throughout the uh, throughout the South that have been postponed, canceled, because, because of this. Um, I like our wait-and-see approach that the Mountain West did. When a rapid test became available, then the presidents got back together and, and they have come up with a plan to move forward. And, and I'm glad that they did that. I'm glad that they're 
focusing on keeping our student athletes, athletes safe and at the same time getting this going again, you know, because I, I think it's important um, for all universities. Uh, I think it's important for CSU and I think it's important for our, for our fans and our alumni. Well, I definitely don't agree with the way that we canceled so early. I think it was a panic move, but I do agree with your thoughts that now that we do have a rapid testing in place, it made this much more feasible. But, you know, by being what the second conference uh, in division or FBS to say that we were canceling the season, you know, just, I just didn't ever, ever, we've talked about this, didn't ever see the point of that. We've lost wide receiver Warren Jackson because of that. And now we're, you know, the conference is way behind everybody else. There's been, there's schools that what have played two, three weeks already. So, you know, we're not going to start for another three weeks from now, uh, three, three and a half weeks. So it's going to be interesting, but uh, I'm, I'm happy we're playing. It's really hard for me to get overly enthusiastic since we're not going to be able to attend games. I know that the statement put out by Joe Parker said that we're, we're hopeful that at some point in the season, we may be able to, to allow some fans, regardless, you know, what, if they land, let in a few thousand fans, it's not going to be the same experience. So to me, it's not the same. It's not, well, it's never going to be the same at all this year in any capacity, but it's just hard for me to get that full excitement, but I am happy to see CSU getting ready to getting ready to play. We started practices already. And, and most of all, I'm happy that we get to shake off the filth of, the last five seasons, whatever this looks like this season, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see this group of players play under new, new leadership, see what happens. Um, and then to use this as a catalyst to kind of put everything that's going on off the field, the investigation, all the stuff that we've got lingering over us. Hopefully this can kind of start shedding some positive light on us. Um, we, you know, we're going to get a, a shot to win a conference championship, uh, whether it's uh, you whether it's a real football year or not in the grand spectrum, I, I don't know, but it is a legitimate, you can play for a legitimate conference championship. We're going to play everybody in our division. We're going to play uh, three crossover games and then we're going to play a championship game. So there's going to be a legitimate conference championship and we've got our hat, our hat, our, our, our ticket is in the hat to be pulled out. We have an option. We have an opportunity to win that like anybody else. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, here is the schedule that was just released just a little while ago. We're recording this Thursday afternoon, hoping to have it uh, published to you guys late tonight uh, or Friday morning. But uh, we've got four home games and four road games. October 24th versus New Mexico is our first home game. We'll get Wyoming at home November 7th. We'll get UNLV at home November 21st. And then we'll get Utah State at home. December 12th. Our road games are at Fresno on Halloween, uh, at Boise on November 14th, at Air Force November 28th, and at San Diego State December 5th. And what's interesting about this, uh, there's a couple tweaks that have happened as a result of all, all this shuffling, but we'll be playing back-to-back -back years at Fresno. Fresno was slated to visit CSU this year, but that's obviously changed. And uh, similarly, UNLV CSU was supposed to be uh, playing at Allegiant Stadium, the brand new Allegiant Stadium, uh, but instead UNLV will visit, be visiting Fort Collins. Um, so, Michael, what uh, any any particular thoughts when you look at this schedule and, and and how it sets up for us? You know, I definitely I definitely like 
how we're starting the season with with New Mexico and Fresno. Um, those were they were two of our four wins last year um, against teams. You you look at New Mexico; uh, they're coming in with a new coach as well. They didn't get through a spring practice. Uh, you know, I know that ours got cut short, but at least we went through half of them. They have had some players leave the program, transferring and opting out. So I, I'd like that, that we could build some momentum and, and it's a game that Coach Adazio can really get the feel for this team to st- out, out of the gate. And then Fresno State, another one, uh, we went there, uh, beat them up, beat them up on the road last year. And, and again, I think we can do that. I, I, uh, starting off 2-0 um, would be great for this program, great for the players, great for the staff to, to build that momentum going up into our first rivalry, rivalry game uh, against Wyoming. So I, I love the start of, the, I love the, start of the, the schedule with New Mexico and Fresno. I think if we get a couple wins early, a couple uh, big wins early, it can snowball and, and, and 2020 might end up a lot better than it, than it uh, was since March. I think, you know, when I look at this, I think we got an opportunity to have a successful year. I, I would love to finish above 500. So a five and three finish to me with a first year coach amidst all the distractions and uh, this weird, weird season. I think that would be a great step. Obviously, I want I want to win the conference championship. I want CSU to take an amazing step forward here that we weren't expecting. But uh, I think the, the the schedule, like you said, sets up. Uh, you can get off to a great start. Um, Fresno State is beatable on the road. New Mexico, Jesus, if you can't beat them at home uh, amidst all their turmoil and as bad as they've been, I mean, we have their number over the last decade in general. And then you got Wyoming in your third game, another home game. You get them at home, which you don't necessarily have home crowd advantage or anything like that, but you get them in the comforts of home. Don't have to travel up there to Laramie. Uh, and then we're going to be missing five of their players who have opted out of the season. And then you got a pivotal game at Boise, right? You got to go to Boise, which has always been the, uh, the thorn in our side. And uh, that, that right there could be, <laughs> the, the, the determining whether or not we have an option, an opportunity to win a conference championship. But then uh, you got UNLV at home, got to win that game. You got Air Force, you go down there and uh, there's no home field advantage, really. It's a short bus ride away. Um, is this the year we can beat them? Can we figure out a, a defense that stops the option? Uh, they might have an advantage. They've been practicing all fall so far uh, in preparation for, uh, they have two games scheduled uh, for their commander in chief. They got an exemption uh, from the Mountain West to play their uh, play against Navy and, and Army to play in their commander in chief rivalry games. So, does that provide them an, uh, an advantage? Probably. You got to go to San Diego State. It's weird that we draw them again, but uh, you got to go on the road there. They got Utah State at home. So, I, I think that the front half of this is is you can get off to a good start if you can just avoid you know, some of these pitfalls that loom out there, we have a chance at a good season. So uh, what I'm concerned about beyond CSU's opportunity to have a good season is the Mountain West as a whole. So we've got an eight-week season, right? And there are no breaks. So you got an eight-week season from October 4th uh, to December 12th. And then the following week after the regular season ends, you've got the conference championship. So 
if you've got all these things that we're seeing happening across the country, I mean, is it Houston? Houston's had three weeks in a row where their game has been canceled because of uh, the, their opponent has had COVID issues or outbreaks and they've had to postpone. If you have one of those this year in the Mountain West, you're going to have an inequitable win-loss record among teams because there's no, there's no cushion where you can make up a game that might be postponed. So you might have a team that plays seven games as opposed to eight games, but they went six and one. And is that fair against a team that went seven and one, you know, whatever, whatever that means, it's going to create some issues. So uh, they're going to have to get real lucky to, to avoid those kind of situations. Well, and you look, Boise's actually got seven Mountain West games. They're playing BYU. So that's their eighth game. They have the game against BYU. Air Force is going to have nine games with Army and Navy. And gosh, I hate even saying this, but I will be cheering for Air Force against Navy after what their coach said, their whiny little crybaby. Yep. In San Diego State, yeah, they they have seven games on the schedule right now. So it's 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 weird, but we got football back. We have football back, and then, and I think that's if if we're looking at it again, like I said, I mean this is this is for our student athletes and and our university. So. I mean, I mean, we just got to figure out what happens by December 12th or, you know, and uh, or December 19th and, and just roll with it. Kind of like what we've been having to do with everything. You know, we just kind of roll with it. I'll be curious uh, in the coming days to hear how, and I wanted to ask you about that before you brought it up, but how, how that transpired. How is Boise able to play seven games and keep a non-conference game against BYU, what are we doing any favors for with BYU to give them a game over Boise having another conference game? What in the world is happening there? Exactly. No, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I mean, if, if they can play BYU, why aren't we playing CU? Right. You know, why, why, why wouldn't we get rid of that Fresno game or, or the UNLV game, one of our, our, our cross division games in, in to, to play our rival. Why is Air Force only playing seven Mountain West games? You know, they're starting two weeks earlier and then, and then they're playing later. So it's, and then I don't even know what's going on with San Diego State, why they have that, why they have that last open game. You still, you still want to know what's going on with Hawaii. And, you know, they, that state is on a quarantine. So if you leave the mainland you have to be quarantined for two weeks when you get back. So, I mean, if they play, you know, they're starting off the season on the road, first two, uh, first two games, does that mean that they have to, you know, wait? I mean, they're supposed to play a week later against New Mexico. Are, are they hoping that it changes? Are they hoping the new rapid testing uh, makes, that, makes that transition faster? <laughs> Again, I mean, I guess we have – the good, the beauty about it is, is we have a little more than three weeks to, to figure this out for the for the Mountain West officials to figure this out. Yeah, and and I, I hope I, I would assume they have to have guidelines laid out where, let's say that Air Force beats CSU and loses two other games, so they're five and two in the conference since they're only playing seven games, and we go six and two we have an additional win 
in conference, but we happen to lose to them, do they get the tiebreaker because they beat us head to head, but we had an extra win? You know, how is that going to be? How are they going to figure out a fair way to, to treat situations like that? It's, it's, you know, it's really for us to complain about things like that is kind of like the Navy coach complaining about, well, if has got a, right. uh, an extra advantage, you know, you got to kind of take some of these inequities in this weird, weird year uh, where we just know what's going to happen, but I don't know. It, it is, it is very strange to see a couple of the, the conference teams have fewer conference games. So and I don't know how that's, even equitable to to start a season that way so it'll be curious to see the reasoning behind that and what happens but regardless it'll be nice to have football on tv uh it'll be nice to have football uh listen to brian roth on the radio it's better than nothing i would love to be going up uh, for every home game and tailgating with you and enjoying uh, campus the, all the reasons why they moved the stadium to to campus it's it's sad that we're not going to get to experience that this year and I guess Joe Parker did say at one point that he hopes that later in the season, they might lift the restrictions and we might have a chance to have some fans there. Well, (laughs) and and if you look at it, the Broncos, the Broncos played at home on Sunday and they were able to host 5,700 in their 70,000, almost 80,000 seat stadium. So, I mean, you got to look at, you know, what this, what the state of Colorado's, uh, planning for that. But I mean, if you're just going off of those kind of numbers, what would that be? 500 <laughs> right. that are, uh, uh, for half of that, if we're half of that, so 30, 3250 or something like that fans are, I don't know. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those, I mean, things could change in three weeks. I mean, it could be, Hey, you know, we can, <laughs> we could have 40,000 fans now, which we still would socially distance and get, 10,000. Right. But, uh, you know, I'm actually going to uh, go to a Rapids game. Uh, I'm a, I was a Rapids season ticket holder before all this. And and they had just the MLS, uh, Major League Soccer, started their started their season back up a couple months ago. And, and they've been playing home games. And, and the Aval- or the uh, Rapids are go- we're going to try to have fans – Next Wednesday, uh, 1,000 fans. I was uh, chosen uh, with the lottery and was planning on going, but now they have five players that just tested positive, and I want to say like seven staff members. So their their match on Saturday is postponed. The match on this uh, three days ago Sunday was postponed. So we'll see if if their Wednesday night match is 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 on or not. But was was kind of hoping to go and, and seeing what it was going to be like, like how how are, how are the crowds, how are the fans, like what are, what's allowed, what's not. I turned down chances for for the Broncos game because I mean, like you said, I mean, uh, you want to go up there and hang out with your friends, tailgate. So you know, my wife and I will talk, and, and if fans are allowed at at Canvas what we'll want to do if we want to try to go to the games or if we want to just, you know, roll everything over to 21. I have been itching for college football. So I've been watching many games over the last few weeks. What have you, what have you thought about the quality of college football right now? Oh, it's, it's been horrible. It's been terrible. 
and, and the NFL as well. Uh, the NFL as well. I mean, it's it's one of those, you know, the the kids, the, the kids. I call them kids. The players, they don't seem like they're in game shape. I mean, I, I mean, they're able to run ten miles and they'll do things that <laughs> my body would never even come close to, to achieving. But it's it's they don't have the the contact shape. The you know most programs didn't even come close to finishing their their spring practices. Most most of them didn't even start the way that CSU had it set up. We I mean we were going to do the sixteen practices kind of over two months, and so we were able to get eight half of our practices in. You know you look at a school uh, a lot of these other schools they didn't even start yet when everything started locking down. And, and I think there's something to that. The, the kids just haven't been – had the contact. I mean, again, you look at Notre Dame. They, they were – as soon as they started practices, they had to shut down because of positive cases. You look at LSU, who, oh, my gosh, I think almost all their entire squad has had it at some point over the last time – over, over this time. Texas Tech, you know, one of their coaches has said that they think that every player has tested positive at some point since they've started back up and you, you're just not seeing the kind of practices, the, the quality practices needed to be successful. And you're seeing that on the field. I mean, you know, I've, I've been setting up TVs and, and watching, you know, home gating as, as they say it, and, you know, watching games in the garage. And I can't think of a, a quality game that I've seen. Georgia state played somebody last week that was kind of good or two weeks ago, that was a kind of good game, but you know, that's it. There's, there's just, it's, it's bad. It's a bad product. Um, another reason why I like that the Mountain West did wait, I think that's, that is going to help because they have been doing workouts. They have been allowed to do like the 10 hours a week. And now that they're going full pads, I mean, they got them, they got a full month to prepare, which is, uh, I mean, a little more than what they would, coming out of uh, summer break if we we're starting on Labor Day weekend. How about the Big 12, man? Do they play any defense in that crappy league? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then K-State, K-State, who who they lose to at home? Oh, they lost the first week to, like, no, it wasn't Louisiana. It was it was a Sunbelt team. It was another Sunbelt team. Yeah, and then they go to Oklahoma and beat Oklahoma. And they went, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's been a bad product. Um, you know, I watched, I watched most of the South Carolina, Tennessee game, Mike Bobo doing what Mike Bobo does best and um, lose. Yep. Yep. Like how do you think, how do you, how'd you think Colin Hill played? Uh, like Colin Hill plays, <laughs> you know, you, you, you see flashes of brilliance and then you see him thrown behind a receiver staring him down the whole way and, and giving up a pick six that you see crunch time. And I, I mean, I like, love the kid, hard worker, but that's, I mean, I guess when you tie your, you know, tie your boat to the Mike Bobo train, I mean, that's what you're going to get. Like, I don't, I, I just don't think he's, he's ever been put in a position to succeed and I don't think he will. I've seen both sides of it. I mean, I've seen, I know the, the guys on Ram Nation that are like, you know what? He doesn't, he didn't want to be here. He wanted to leave first opportunity and go join Mike Bobo. 
we'll see you later, you know, and, and, uh, and I see the guys that, that do like him and I, I'm in the camp. I, I, I do like Colin Hill and I actually root, root the best for him. And I was really hoping he would have pulled that out. And, you know, people say he still hasn't beaten anybody. And, and, you know, I, part of you is like, yeah, well, he kind of hasn't, yeah. but, but, uh, but I like him. I mean, the guy was a great representative of CSU. He had some hard luck. I mean, if you overcome three, three blown ACLs and you come back for more and you, you get an opportunity to go play in the AC, the, uh, the SEC and really your home state. I mean, I, I, yeah. I cannot blame, can't blame him at all. I don't blame him at all. And I really hope that things work out for him um, and that, you know, he has a great season. So, um, you know, bowl games, a couple last comments here. Uh, bowl games, Mike, I don't know. I, I've, I've been trying to read is what, what's going to happen with those. There's nothing really concrete out there, but it'd be interesting to see how that unfolds this year. Will every bowl game happen? And if so, you know, they're going to make some concessions. They have to make some sessions on, on who's going to be eligible for those things. You know, some teams playing seven games, Pac-12 is going to be playing seven games. You might get some Pac-12 teams in bowls that are, three and four <laughs> they've won three games in a season you know and like it's just going to be bizarre uh yeah, so I, I actually saw this from a cu fan saying like hey cu might make a bowl because there's no there's no win requirements right so i'll tell you what if i'm the if i'm the new mexico bowl i am already working with rick george yes. and joe parker at csu to get them in the New Mexico Bowl. Like, why not? Like, yeah. you'll, it'll be watched. If you can get fans by December 19, it's going to be a sellout. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter if, if CU's 0-7 and, and CSU's 0-8. Like, get them in there. <laughs> Have them play each other. Like, get it done now. And, and I mean, you're going to get eyes on the TV – you're going to get – if you can get fans in the stands, you're going to get that. I mean, so, yeah, it. It, it, again, it's it's one of those – I mean, no one's going to ever – no one's going to have a full schedule this year. Everything's all out of whack, so why not – and, you know, and I, and I brought this up in, a, in a, one of our earlier podcasts. Like, why not, you know, if, if, you, if you're playing in pods, just pick a bowl game and have them play somebody close by. Have, have them play play teams in that quadrant just to get just to get teams in there and, and so New Mexico Bowl you you retweeted me yesterday I love okay. it I love it I love it and I and I would love to see that happen and I would especially love it if we're able to attend that game so yeah. uh, let's 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 make that happen let's start uh, let's start a campaign obviously we got to do our part and win more than a couple games but right. <laughs> Right. Uh, hey, what do you mean to ask you? So um, I know you got a set up in the garage and, and uh, with all this college football starting, you cut the cord not too long ago. And this is kind of a personal conversation, but you got Apple TV, right? How does that work out for you? How, how, how does it work? So I, so what we did is, is we dropped Comcast. And That's what I have. And I'm, it, I'm kind yeah. of itching to do the same. So we, we dropped Comca Comcast last December and we went to Sling TV because it, it, I mean, it was cheap. It, it, it got some of the, the channels that we wanted, and, and basically, it had Nickelodeon for my daughter. But it didn't carry it didn't carry local channels. We didn't like it. Didn't carry all the. It, so if there's a game on ABC, we couldn't watch it. 
So then, and then they raised their prices. So then we went to YouTube TV, which we liked. I mean, it had all the ESPN channels. So ACC Network, SEC Network, Longhorn Network, I think, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPNU. So we were able to, I mean, we had a ton, and CBS Sports, NBC Sports, we had all that, but then it went from $50 a month to 65 and, and we were like, the whole purpose is, is to cut the cord, is to only get the channels we want and pay less. So then we switched to Hulu, the Hulu Live, and we went with the bundle because I was already getting ESPN Plus. Uh, we were already getting Disney Plus. And so with this bundle, we get all three with live TV. And, and again, it has all the sports channels and it has the local it has the local stations we love it we love it and i just got an apple tv just ordered an apple tv 4k receiver because they allow espn the espn app to sign uh, to play four games at once on one screen so it's just like kind of like the old picture in picture yeah but you can and if you have one main game that you want to watch it'll make that bigger. And then the three others on the side, if you want, or if you want just two games, you can play them side by side so that you could watch them all at once. And, and so uh, we, we got that. I'm getting a, a 50 inch mounted in the garage next week. So yeah, I know I'm excited. I, you know, I like, I like the setup. I mean, the, the only bad thing is, is if you're a huge Rockies fan, there's no chance to get like AT&T. The AT&T that's, that's network. a problem. That's a problem. You you watch baseball? I watch baseball. No, you don't. You, go just, to you go games. to games, but you don't watch it. I know. I, I know. I've, I've seen that. For, to, I've seen that firsthand. Yes, I go to games. Um, right. And then when the Rockies are just as crap fest as they are, like you know, See, you don't need to watch them. But but with ESPN, I mean, you get a, a ton of national games with the ESPN Plus app. You get a ton of national games. Right. Uh, with ESPN Plus, I get all the soccer that I want. English Championship, Bundesliga, Serie A, Italian League. So I'm loving it. I'm loving that part right there. And all the crap football games we've been watching over the last three weeks. Right. It always seems like there's some drawback that just kind of holds me back from making that jump. But uh, it sounds yeah, like a I mean, pretty it, good option. Again, the, the tough thing is, is altitude, which doesn't matter because it's not on anywhere. Uh, in the state of Colorado and and yeah. AT&T Rocky Mountain. Yeah. DVR and everything? Yeah. Yep. You can DVR whatever you want. And I, mm. and I think it's like, actually, I think it's unlimited DVR. And with Hulu, I mean, a lot of the stuff, like Hulu already, already carries it the next day to, to rebroadcast it. So. Right. Well, um, let's jump to our, uh, I got a brief around the horn segment here. Just a couple quick hitters from news around the Mountain West and uh, college football. Uh, we did mention this, that five Wyoming football student athletes have opted out this season, uh, including a couple starters and uh, last season's freshman All-American, uh, Bird. And, uh, you know, I think, I think this is one of the uh, – actually, I have no problem. If, if you're not comfortable playing in this environment, in this, this football season, they've already said everyone's getting another year of eligibility. So if you don't feel comfortable, I know I feel no ill will towards you, but um, I want as a fan of college football programs to be at full strength and would love to see CSU when Wyoming comes in uh, to canvas 
to be getting Wyoming's best. And uh, I mean, geez, at this, this point, actually, maybe I don't, but you know, that's, that's one, one of the downfalls of, of this crazy COVID season. Another interesting component in the Mountain West is that San Jose State football has been forced to move practices to Humboldt State, a Division II school in Arcata, California. It's 232 miles away from San Jose, uh, but they had, they had to do it because of regulations in Santa Clara County. So they were able to do this because essentially they're not they're not going to school. The students aren't going to school in person right now. So uh, they got a hybrid model. So they're, they're able to go 232 miles, stay on campus at this Humboldt State and stay in the dorms there, uh, their on-campus housing and practice there until the season starts while attending their classes online. So San Jose State getting creative. Quite frankly, the facilities at Humboldt might be better than what they've got at San Jose State. Uh, I know that they have renovated some things recently, so that's probably not accurate. But uh, And then you've got Hawaii has had to pause their team activities after they had four positive tests among their football student athletes. So, you know, we're three weeks away from starting the season. Here's the odds are we're going to have some cancellations and it's going to create some weird scenarios in the final standings this year. Uh, and, you know, just imagine you're, you're getting fired up. You finally got uh, the Wyoming, the border war game coming up. And then two days beforehand, uh, Wyoming or CSU has got to cancel because of an outbreak. And it's just going to, it's kind of, it's just sucky. Lastly, I saw that the PAC 12 submitted a proposal to the college football playoff management committee requesting that the college football playoff expand to eight teams this season. Like, I mean, go, go for the gusto. Let's not take a couple of years or a year even to plan. Let's do it this season. It was rejected. Uh, I think because of probably because of everything going on, but uh, you know, and the fact that they need to focus on COVID and getting through this season. But I want to ask you, Mike, I, I love it. I would love to see the playoff expand, um, especially since, Conferences like the Mountain West are on the outside looking in, and I think that the at, at a minimum the group of five should have an automatic berth into that eight spot. Uh, but I, I think more inclusion the better. You've seen what uh, NCAA March Madness, how special that is. Uh, I think you can have some sort of version of it in college football. Certainly, there's there's more than four worthy teams in all of college football that deserve to, to play their way into a college football playoff. So I'm um, getting curious as your back, thoughts there. You know, this goes back to, you know, I've said this multiple times over the last few months. This is a chance for, for football to, to really be innovative and, and to change the product and, and to grow the product. Uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's, it's America's game now. I mean, it's, it's definitely surpassed baseball and, and, Everybody watches college in the NFL, but this was their chance to, to really do something. And as much as I can't stand the Pac-12 and, and, and Larry Scott, and this, this was a good idea. You know, my personal feelings is, is that it should jump to 16 teams and that every conference uh, champion in the Power Five and, and Group of Five are included. And then you have six at large, or if you, or if you want to give, you know, the one and two seeds a bye, then you have four at larges. And, and again, I mean, you look at baseball, who is the most tradition laden sport out there. 
I mean, you can't flip your bat if you hit a home run or you're going to take it in the air hole the next time because, God forbid, you you got excited that you hit a walk-off or something. And they were like, look, you know, where we're at right now, let's expand the playoffs to 16. I've been loving the last three days. And again, I, uh, I don't watch a ton on, on TV anymore as far as baseball is concerned, but I've been following it. I've been following all these these matchups, and and for me, it's exciting to see a, a team like the the White Sox, who haven't done crap since since they won the the World Series in '05, that they're you know they're playing a, a, an elimination game tonight. I mean, their 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 series with with Oakland's tied one one, and if they win, that you know they're advancing. You look at you look at Houston, who who I can't stand because of this this cheating scandal, which is a, a lot more than than just uh, throwing a spitball or, or, or stealing signs by looking back, you know, and giving a hand, hand signal from, from, the, from the second base runner. For them to have all this, everything stacked against them and everybody hating them, to go in and sweep the Twins, one of the, one of the better teams, while Houston was the last team that, that qualified, that's, that's exciting to me. You know, seeing the, seeing the Cubs get smoked, you know, yesterday – the NL Central winning Cubs get smoked, which is a great anytime. But Major League Baseball saw this, saw an opportunity to do something different. And college football is like, nope, you know, we're going to stay the same. We're going we're to keep it these four. And, and I, I, they're just dropping the ball on this. I just, again, it, it, it's something that, that they could have changed the, the entire landscape and, and, and made something – more inclusive and more exciting for more than just Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Auburn every few years, OU and Ohio State. It, it, it's it's to me it's 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 being short-sighted and and lack of lack of vision. And it, this would have been the perfect year to do it too, because they could have they literally could have just said, okay, you know, with everything so messed up, let's just try it. I couldn't agree more. Good stuff, Mike. Let's wrap up this segment so we can get to uh, our discussion with Brian Roth. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back after this. All right. This segment is brought to you by Ginger and Baker. The Cash Restaurant is open for dining outside on the rooftop, which is absolutely my favorite place. There's no better place in Fort Collins to enjoy amazing food, drinks, uh, just a great setting up there. Uh, plus, they've got the cafe, the market, the bakery, and coffee shop open for in-person and carry-out dining. And, of course, we talked about this before. They've got their mix-and-match meal plans for takeout or delivery. That helps you uh, not have to cook at home. Uh, up to an entire week at a time. So they got all sorts of plans for you. Ginger Graham is just an awesome person. We're so lucky to have her and her support here at Ram Nation. And uh, we just ask that you guys to support her and Ginger and Baker. It is an amazing place. You will not be disappointed. Our guest this week is a voice you'll recognize. He's been part of the CSU football and men's basketball broadcasts for over 20 years. He's, uh, he's been the play-by-play -play, uh, multiple times during that stretch uh, and has been the voice of the Rams for the last five years now. Uh, he's your fifth year uh, since re-becoming re the 
the voice of the Rams, Brian, and uh, you just do a great job. We've got the legendary Brian Roth on, on with us today. Hey, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I, I don't know if legendary is right, but I'll say this. Uh, if you stick around one place long enough, uh, I, I guess that people begin to know you a little bit. But you say 20 years, and man, I'm telling you, that, that makes me feel old. And I know all of us uh, are, are feeling older after the last six months. But <laughs> 20 years, man, 20 years. Where, where does the time go? Well, and, uh, you know, we were just talking before we jumped on here live is that uh, this has got to be the, probably the strangest of those 20 years. You said uh, you, it's probably been 20-something years since you've actually had a Saturday off in the fall. So I know that's going to change here coming up here later this month. But uh, what has it been like for you, bud? Well, it's, you know, it's like all Ram fans. We're all just, you know, this is the time that we're all – going head first into, into college football. And you're right. I mean, Joel, after I graduated from college, I got a job up in Sterling, Colorado, uh, doing play-by-play, doing the grain reports, doing swap shop. I mean, I was just doing everything up there, but doing high school football in the fall. And we're doing games on Friday and Saturday and then came to CSU in 2000. So literally, first time in 22 years, I've had Saturdays off in September. And, and my wife watches me mope around the house on Saturdays in September and tells me to, to get out and go do something. So, man, I'm chomping at the bit, bit, as I know all Ram fans are, to get some CSU football back because it has been – and listen, again, the last six months have been strange in every facet of life. But when, you know, it, it's your livelihood and, and, you know, this is what you do, man, I am so ready to get college football and Colorado State football back going. Well, and, and I want to ask you uh, about your career, obviously, but um... – you know, this is this has not only been a hard year from a, a sports broadcasting standpoint, but you also run a company that specializes in broadcasting live sporting events, right? So tell us about um, Ingram Sports Production Network and and how this has affected you and your business. Well, you know, you you, you think you get into uh, athletics and and now in particular college sports, and you think it's a pretty safe business to be in and it's going to happen each and every year, right? I mean, that's just going to happen. College sports come around and college football happens each and every, every spring. It's not like it's a, it's a volatile job uh, profession that, that, that I got into. And so, yeah, we, we have a, a, a production company that specializes in live sports. We have a, a production truck. And um, over the last couple of years, we've kind of pivoted to just doing all live sporting events. It really had, had been building up a, a nice clientele. And if you would have talked to me in February 28th of 2020 and asked me how all things are going, I'd say, man, things are going along swimmingly. But then you know, the pandemic hit and we had a ton of live events lined up in March, April, May, all college with the Western Athletic Conference. We were doing college rugby. Uh, we were doing big sky stuff and just got wiped off the books. And so it, it was tough. But then I spent the summer trying to get that business back here in the fall. And then that guy got wiped off the books. And it's just like, man, this is just, it's just been brutal. And so, but you know what? We're hanging in there and um, starting to get business on the books in, in, in the spring and so, you know, all, that, all those fall sports have been moved to the spring. And so we do a lot of Colorado College hockey as well, which is going to be back uh, in, in January as well. So if the pandemic wipes spring off the board with college sports, man, I'm, I'm going to probably be driving an Amazon truck. Uh, <laughs> 
January or February, or I don't know, I'm going to be uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe doing something else. But uh, yeah, it's, it's been tough, but it's been tough for everybody. I mean, there's been so many businesses impacted. I mean, I can't even imagine if you're a restaurant owner, a bar owner, uh, if you owned anything where you got your income from people coming to your business and, and it's, it's been tough. So, you know, while, yeah, sometimes we feel sorry for ourselves, you know, it's, it's easy thing to do, but at the end of the day, I'm not in this alone. There's other people out there that, that are hurting too. So you do the best you can, Joel, and you, you move on. But I can tell you this with the return of college football, it, it certainly is a good sign moving forward for college basketball. And then of course, college sports coming up in the spring. So I, I'm optimistic, but I was also optimistic in the summer when, when I thought we might have fall sports. Right. I know uh, I, we've all appreciated the fact, even though you have not had to call work any practices, do any of the, the stuff leading up to the season or call any games yet, but uh, you definitely kept us connected through your game recaps on Facebook. Those replays were awesome. Um, you know, your interviews and special features, you guys have been doing a great job keeping us all connected because it's been a time where we've all been jonesing for, for some CSU and, and we appreciate all the work you guys have put in. Looking back at your career, did you come in when Rich Birkenshaw came in right around the same time? So, uh, so Rich, I think, was there a couple of years before me. So I came in in the fall of 2000. And yeah. so, um, uh, I got the job as the women's basketball announcer. So I was in Sterling, Colorado. Uh, applied for the job as assistant sports director uh, at Clear Channel of Northern Colorado, which is, of course, uh, now iHeartMedia. Uh, and the job was to do the sideline reporting uh, for the football, to do uh, women's basketball, and then to – you know, be a part of the sports department uh, over there at Clear Channel. And of course, had, uh, had all local sports program. We were doing high school sports over there at Clear Channel. I mean, it was really cool. It was a local radio station, and now it just doesn't exist, uh, at least with iHeartMedia in Northern Colorado anymore, which is kind of sad. I know KFK up here does a lot of local sports, but it's kind of gone by the wayside, kind of across the nation, although there's still some out there. But yeah, I came in in 2000, and Wyatt Thompson was the uh, play-by-play guy. Gotcha. John was the color analyst at that point. And then I came in uh, just two years after Becky Hammond to do the women's basketball. And so uh, it, it was, it was great. You know, Sonny was winning a ton of games at that point. So we were going to bowl games every year, the first two years doing the women's basketball team with, with uh, Tom Collin as the head coach and still had some good teams, even though Becky was gone. We went to the NCAA tournament the, the first two years with women's basketball. And so, you know, that was my first foray into uh, you know, big time college athletics. And I was like, man, this is great. You go to bowl games every year. You go to the NCAA tournament every year. Of course, I'm talking on the women's side. And then, uh, you know, all of a sudden you learn that that's, that's not a given. That doesn't happen all the time. So it's been, it's been a long ride. But yeah, Wyatt Thompson was here. And then Wyatt got the job at Kansas State, I think, going into the 2002 season to be the voice of the Wildcats. And then Berkhamshaw took over and I stayed on the sidelines for the, the next six, seven years as we kind of rotated in and out through some analysts, uh, Pete Rebstock, Mark Driscoll, who of course is back in the booth. We had uh, uh, Eric Olson, of course, uh, EO, we just call him white chocolate. That's what uh, <laughs> he was in the NFL playing in the secondary with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that was his nickname <laughs> with Jacksonville. So Eric uh, was great, still doing great things up here in the, uh, uh, community in Fort Collins. So it's been fun. And then, and then Jerry Schimmel came in. Then Jerry, yeah, of course, you know, Rich died, uh, passed away uh, due to a stroke. And then 2009, Jerry Schimmel came in. 
because uh, he had just left the Nuggets. And I was in the booth by that time with, with Rich Berkhamshaw. Kevin McGlue was working the sidelines. And, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it was great. And I didn't know Jerry that well coming in, but he was somebody that I had kind of always looked up to. I mean, I don't want to say idol, but I, I looked up to because I thought Jerry was one of the best basketball play-by-play guys that the I had. best. Yeah, and and so a lot of when I was going to school and living in Sterling and then, then being in Fort Collins, I mean, I'd listen to Nuggets games and I'd, I'd want to be Jerry Schimmel. And so all of a sudden Jerry comes in. He was awesome. And uh, Jerry was there for the year, for the year. And then obviously he got the uh, Colorado Rockies job uh, back uh, in the winter of 2010. And then that's when uh, Colorado state decided to put me into the play-by-play chair, which obviously was the goal from day one. When you, when you get to somewhere, whether it's going to be at, at CSU, and I was hoping Berkhamshaw would be the play-by-play voice for the next 20 years because that was his dream, and I would have been happy to maybe try to go find a job somewhere else. I mean, that's what you have to do. You have to find the jobs, and it just happened that 2010, they gave me a shot. So you then, after, uh, what was it, three years? Three years. Three years, and then they bring in under Jack uh-huh. Graham. I don't know if it was his decision, if it was, was it Learfield back then? It wasn't Learfield. It was, it was Nelligan. Nelligan. It right. was decision. It was. So he, he brings in Gary Miller from uh, Channel 7, I think it was, or Channel 4. Longtime TV sports broadcaster, uh, anchor uh, for the news. And they bring him in. He used to do some of the Bronco games on the, on the local network, like in the preseason games. They bring him in, and I, I would imagine that probably – bothered you a little bit <laughs> yeah, just a little bit anyhow it's nothing nothing to do with Gary but you know Jack Graham came in and he wanted to shake things up and and uh one of the first things he came in and asked he goes well who's our play-by-play guy and Zach Gilbert was our media relations guy back then and um you know he said well Brian Roth you know he's been with us a while he goes I've never heard of him and Zach, oh, you'll, you'll like him. He's a good guy. He goes, well, no, we need a big time name in, in that job. And that's, that's kind of the way Jack thought. And so, you know, I can't fault him. That's what he wants to do. And I'm not a big enough name for Jack, which was his prerogative. I mean, I, I didn't think uh, being name recognition, certainly, I, I didn't think that that affected how somebody could call a game. Because if you're tuning in to call, uh, to listen to a Ram game, you, you want to know what yard line it's on. Well, you want to know, uh, you know, how the team's doing. You want to know uh, what's the score, what's the time. And so, he decided to go with Gary Miller, who was a, who was a big name, who was looking for work and was interested. And so that was great. Gary was awesome. And, uh, but that was really hard, Joel. I mean, that, that um, was one of the worst days of my professional career when I got the call um, that I was not going to be the voice of the Rams anymore, but they wanted me to stay on the broadcast. And to be honest with you, I wanted to, you know, give them the double bird and say, go pound sand. Right. I mean, that's your initial reaction, but I'd say probably an hour after the phone call I got, got that said I was being replaced, Jim McElwain called him. And he goes, Brian, what's up, Coach Mack? He goes, I just heard the news. And we talked for 30 minutes, man. And Jim McElwain talked me off the ledge, man. He said, look, I don't know why it happened. He goes, I want you to be a part of my program. And anything I can do to help, you know that you can call me and you have me here. And so – he gave me one of the best pep talks I've ever had in my career because, you know, you, you, you get perceived slighted like that, that I, like I thought I did. You know, you, you want to just say, well, we'll screw you later. But he talked me off the ledge and I said, you know what? Swallow the ego. Colorado State's a place you love. Denver's a place I love. I was running my production company. Like, I mean, I had, I had kids, I had two young kids. So uh, I didn't want to leave. And so I said, fine, 
let's let's do it. And and I was a good soldier, and 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 I loved working with Gary. Gary's a great guy. It wasn't Gary's fault. And and Gary and I got along great. And um, so, but you know what? That that loyalty in the end paid off, and it was one of the most humble moments of my life. But I'll tell you what, it it has shaped me. Uh, moving forward. I, I wouldn't be the same Brian Roth here as a person or as a broadcaster if it had not been for Jack Graham replacing me. So in the end, I'd have to say thank you, Jack, because it's, it's definitely turned me into a better broadcaster and, and really a better person. Uh, I can handle adversity a lot better these days, having gone through that. Well, we're glad you stayed on. And, uh, you know, as you said, you got another shot because Gary was let go, I think, in 2016 or he left. I don't remember the circumstances around that. You probably do. But uh, you've been the voice of the Rams ever since. So uh, I think it's your fifth year since returning to the Correct. Returning fifth, to the seat, right? Yeah, fifth, going in the fifth year as the uh, play-by-play voice, eighth year overall as the uh, play-by-play voice, and I think it's going into the 21st year overall as at least a part of the Colorado State Radio Network. Well, we've been pretty lucky with uh, play-by-play guys at CSU, at least since I've been a fan. I, I, there hasn't been one that I have not liked. Uh, Steve Anderson was the first guy, and the only thing that bothered me about him was – you know, every now, you know, and during basketball games, especially, he'd be like, foul, no call. And you like, be just living with every word, like, what? Wait, was it a foul or, or there was no call? And you're like, you're killing me, Steve. But I loved his passion and the way he called games. Okay. Wyatt was awesome. And then, you know, Rich working alongside with Wyatt. Uh, and then I loved Rich. We all loved Rich, right? And, and I know you were good, good friends with him. Uh, he was a tremendous guy. Uh, talk about your relationship with him and how tough it was when he passed away. Like you said, he passed away from a stroke and complications in I think 2009-ish. Yeah, yeah, April 30th, 2009. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Rich is Rich is one of the smartest and funniest dudes I know. I mean, like he, he would get going. You're just like, wow, this dude is off the charts intelligent. And sometimes I, I always used to say, Rich, you're, you're too smart to be a play-by-play broadcaster. I mean, play-by-play broadcast, you don't have to be smart. You just got to describe what's going on in front of you. I said, Rich, you missed your calling and doing other things, man, with, with your brain. But, you know, I, I worked with Rich every day in the uh, radio station from 2000 to 2005. So, you know, when, when you see somebody every single day for five years and then you're working with them on the weekends, you, you get a pretty good idea of who that person is. And Rich could be a little volatile now. There's, there's no question about that. Rich had a little bit of a temper, but man, he had the biggest heart and, and Rich was the absolute best. And man, he would just say stuff on the air where you just like, dude, Rich, what the heck was that? He goes, I don't know, it just came out. You know, I mean, I remember, I think it was the BYU game in Provo where Matt Bart's kind of touched down and he goes, how's that for ventilating your waffles? And <laughs> I remember that. He did that because we're in the hotel in Provo and I ordered waffles and I'm putting the butter on and I just kind of stuck my fork in, in the, in the wa- waffles and he goes, what are you doing, Roth? I'm going, I'm ventilating my waffles, trying to get the butter to get all the way in. <laughs> he goes, I'm using that on the broadcast. It's like, <laughs> Nah. I, I remember when he said it because I, I had always listened to the radio call at games, you know, sitting in the sitting right. in the stadium. And I just loved having the and I, I did not like the fact that it was always uh, delayed a little bit, but I loved hearing the commentary and stuff. But um, so that's that's really cool. And uh, and Mike, I know you, we were talking off air a little bit, but uh, you as part of what you do on your side business or your, your main business, probably Brian, right. Uh, with, with broadcasting events, uh, you used to run, um, a, a broadcast for CET, Comcast entertainment, whatever television, whatever that stood for. Uh, 
and you used to do it. You used to telecast, uh, I think football, basketball, um, baseball, and Mike yeah. was coach at Littleton High School years back when you and Irv came to uh, what's I don't remember the name of your field over there in Littleton, Mike. But it's actually uh, Inglewood when I was. Oh, there. was it Inglewood? Inglewood, yeah. When you were the Inglewood coach, right? And uh, and uh, what was it like? Yeah, Mike. Mike, you can go ahead and ask. But uh, that was really cool. You got an experience to work with Irv Brown because uh, I know he passed away not too long ago, and he is a legend and uh, someone that we all adore as uh, sports fans around here. So I got to say, um, so, uh, Irvin and Brian, you did a game of mine in 2008, and it was a tight game. I think we were down 6-1. My cleanup hitter hits a three-run shot, and the umpire called it foul. And the way Harry Wise Field was set up in Eaglewood, the ball was rolling down, and it was like 10 feet in fair play, and there's no way it could have been foul because it would have rolled away. And I almost got tossed, and I watched the replay, and I got to thank you because you agreed with me. You said from where your angle was that there is no way that it could have been. And, uh, and it was funny because uh, you could hear a few of the choice words coming out of my mouth <laughs> um, <laughs> during my conversation with the umpire. But, uh, but I do appreciate you uh, sticking up for me. <laughs> you, uh, you and Irv did a few of my games. Um, what was that like? I mean, you've worked – I mean, you just talked about some of the legends you worked with at CSU. What was it like working with Irv Brown, who is a legend across the board in athletics in, in the state of Colorado? Well, Ir Irv's the best. And, and Mike, as you know, he knows everybody. And so it's like everybody's got a nerve story or everybody knows somebody that, that knew Irv. And, and of course, when I first came across Irv, I don't know what you're obviously we did your game in, in 08. So it was before that. And I know, of course, you lose track of time. But, you know, I, I, I'd known her forever just from hearing him on the radio with, with Joe Williams and, and all that stuff. But of course he had coached my dad in <laughs> baseball back in 1960, whatever, of course, because Irv knows everybody, right? He's coached somebody here. He's done something. So it's just hilarious. And be able to work with Irv was, was awesome. He is one of the, uh, you know, he's an all timer. And it was, it was so sad when, when he passed away a couple of years ago. But the one thing I learned from Irv is, is this, and it's the biggest thing I've learned from her. A lot of things I've learned from him. This is the biggest is, is he was humble. He, he had no ego. Okay. And you think about Irv's career. All right. He was an outstanding high school athlete. He was an outstanding baseball player at UNC. He ended up to go on to, to be a very good high school coach. And then he coached baseball at Colorado. Then he switched gears and became a referee where he rose to the very top of the ranks there. And of course, you know about uh, how many, I think what six final fours and it, you want to hear him tell stories about old school basketball coaches. He can sit there over a beer and talk for three hours and have awesome stories. And then of course he was a radio legend in, in Colorado. Um, you know, he used to do the Nuggets game on, on Channel 2. And, you know, the, the, him and Irv or him and Joe had the best radio show in Denver for a long period of time. So everything that he had accomplished in his life and, and the myriad of different avenues that he accomplished them, you would have no idea. I mean, he was just a normal guy and he would never, ever let you know that, you know, he had done all those great things without you asking. And so that's the great thing about Irv. I mean, he could have been a guy who, uh, you know, had a little bit of an ego, right? But Irv was the most humble guy there was. And, and that's one of the biggest things I've ever taken from Irv is just like, look, no matter what you do, 
on this earth. You just got to be humble and, you know, believe in yourself, but, but just understand that you're not that big a deal and just go about your daily life and you treat everybody with respect. And so Irv always did that. It, it, it didn't matter where you went. Uh, everybody knew him and he always treated every single person with respect. And that was just always something that was just has always stuck with me. Good stuff, Brian. Uh, so Irv, you mentioned was a baseball coach at CU. Uh, I know that this, this topic is shied away from a little bit with you, but uh, you are also a CU alum. Right. How, and, and I want to ask you, like, how did you end up as part of the CSU radio network? But, um, and I've talked to you about this before, but explain to people um, how you can be such a CSU fan, because you are, when you are from a rival school. And ultimately, you've come to this point where, I mean, if it's CSU versus CU, you are a, a Ram. And uh, that's kind of hard to get your head wrapped around. But um, you've explained it before. I'll let you explain it. But you've explained it to me before that it's, you know, you, you spent four years at, in Boulder. You spent 20 years broadcasting for the Rams. And they've created your livelihood and, and you know, given you your career here. Yeah, it's pretty easy, isn't it? I mean, four years at CU, a place where I don't know a single person, and 20 years at Colorado State, a place where I have come to know a lot of the fans and, and all the coaches and, and the student athletes, it's, it's pretty easy, Joel. But I mean, listen, I mean, going through college, I, I went to CU, that's where my parents went, and, and I was a CSU fan too growing up. I mean, you know, I graduated high school in 1993, and so, you know, Sonny had just gotten there. But, you know, I remember the, uh, the, the, the Freedom Bowl teams and the game against Oregon. And, and you know, so I've, I, I like CSU too. But, uh, you know, you go to school where you go to school. I went to CU. And I love CU. I have some of my best friends from CU. I'm, so I, I'm not going to sit here and say I would ever change that uh, because I don't think I'd be sitting here with you guys right now if I didn't go to CU because my path would have gone somewhere different just by sheer chance uh so and then you know i wanted to be a play-by-play guy and so my goal was to be a division one play-by-play guy and it really didn't matter where i just wanted to be a play-by-play guy right i mean you just want to go out and look for an opportunity if you're a coach and you want to be a college coach you don't say i'm only going to coach at nebraska and that's the only place i'm going to think no it doesn't work like that you're going to you're going to try to move up the ladder and so after two years at sterling the uh getting the women's basketball job opened up the sideline job and that radio job in fort collins and i applied and beat out however many applicants and and i was a csu ram fan boom that day that i that i started working with colorado state radio and and trust me now i mean it's 20 years later and it's 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 not as big a deal anymore. Back in the early days, you know, my CU buddies would all be like, dude, what in the world are you doing? And of course the CSU fans are like, what in the world were you going to see you for? So I got it from both sides and, but it was all in fun and, and, and it should be in fun. But uh, look, I, I, I'm not a fan of CU anymore. I mean, it's just like, I'm a CSU guy through and through and there is not a single game on the schedule that I want to win more than the CU game. And, and I say that even more so than Wyoming. Wyoming's right below it, but I wanted to beat CU more than I want to beat any other school because I know what my attitude was like when I was in Boulder. I thought CU was, was the best school in the state. And, you know, but, you know, I, I, I like to knock CU down a peg or two. And to do that, CSU has got to beat them. And so that's why that game is so desperate to me each and every year, whether it be basketball or football. I am so desperate to win that game because it's another opportunity for Colorado State to prove that they're just as good as Colorado. Now, Buffaloes have 
such an inherent advantage when you look at the money situation. I mean, they have made over $200 million more than Colorado State or just about in the time since they've joined the Pac-12. Is that fair? I mean, how, how, how do you keep up with that? Uh, you don't, but CSU has got to do whatever they can to try to keep up with that because anytime you can knock Colorado and their fans down a peg is a great day in my book. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So you, you've been involved with the program for 20 years. So you have had the chance to work with Sonny, Steve, Jim, uh, Mike, and, and now Coach Adazio. So what have they all been like, like similarities and differences between them all? And Yeah, so, I mean, Sonny's the best. I mean, what are you going to say? I mean, you know, what, what he was able to do in the, in the, in the mid-90s, late-90s, early 2000s, and, and to get this Colorado State football program back to be, you know, back to – pretty much put it to where obviously uh, it, it is, right? I mean, people know Colorado State because of Sonny Lewick. Sonny's the best, and, and he'll always be probably my favorite. Uh, you know, Steve Fairchild was just – he was a coach. He, wasn't, he didn't want to deal with any of the head coaching stuff, and I, I think we all kind of saw that. He was in his bliss on the practice field. He was out of his element when it came to dealing with the media, when it came to doing the radio show and whatnot. But I'll tell you this about, about uh, uh, Steve, you know, my twins were born in 2011 and we go to the radio show and Steve Fairchild has a present for me. And it's two little baby outfits for my twins. I mean, so that's the type of guy that Steve Fairchild uh, is. Then you talk about Jim McElwain. I told you that's the guy that talked me off the ledge after uh, Jack Graham decided to move me out of the play-by-play spot. And Jim, Jim was awesome. Uh, just, just terrific. I mean, that, that dude, could keep you on your toes like no other coach. I mean, you, when you were around Jim, you had to be fully dialed in because he'd come at you at every angle, not just about football, but just about life or other things. And, and if you weren't on your toes, man, he would go after you in, in a fun way. But so when you were around Jim, man, you just, you just had to be full attention. And then Mike, you know, I, I was really sad that it didn't work out with Mike because he is a terrific guy. He treated me so well. And he was probably, out of all the coaches, the most honest with me with, when it came to CSU personnel. Now, he understood I was never going to say what he was telling me on the radio, but I could sit in his office, whether it be before a game or whether it be in the middle of a week or whether it be in the offseason, I could ask him point blank about anything in that program. He would tell me the answer. And that wasn't the case for the, for the other guys. So, you know, I, I, I was sad to see uh, Mike go and, you know, he had to, I think we know that you can't lose all your bowl games and only win one rivalry game. You just can't, uh, especially this day and age where everybody's on social media and it's not like it was back in 1995 and he was doing that. This is 2020. And then, you know, coach Adazio, Mike, it's, it's really interesting. I, I don't know. Him. I don't, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you haven't had a chance to be around him. Oh, it's, it is crazy. I mean, cause, cause he gets hired in December. We do the press conference and of course his head was spitting. So he's just, everybody looks the same. I'm sure to him. And then I'm in the middle of basketball season. He's trying to get a coaching staff together. He's trying to get a recruiting class together. Uh, and he was never around, you know, he's out going hundred miles an hour. Uh, and I hadn't had a chance to get out to spring practice yet because we were wrapping up college basketball season and then the pandemic hit i've done a few zoom calls with them but i don't know we'll see. <laughs> hey so i gotta know I, I you could sense it always but what was it like to interview larry eustachy especially after games and, and losses 
Okay, I, I have to be careful here. Um, I like Larry. I'll start there. I thought Larry lost his edge after they missed out on the 2015 NCAA tournament when they went 27 and six or whatever it was. And they had an RPI of 24 or five and they got left out. I thought Larry lost his edge and lost his motivation after that year. And I, I think it showed in, in recruiting and, and whatnot, but Larry, Larry, sometimes just didn't understand the element he was in. Sometimes he felt when we were on the air that he didn't, he would have a conversation with us as if we were off the air. And it's, I don't know if I can explain that very well, but Larry just sometimes didn't understand the situations at, at times. And I, I think he was like that in many different aspects of his, of his coaching realm. But uh, Larry was interesting. You know, I mean, Larry always treated me well, but one thing with Larry is you just never knew what you were going to get on a day-to-day basis. And I don't, mean that in a disparaging way, but just sometimes Larry was your best friend and we'd be in a, we'd be in a, uh, waiting for a flight in an airport and he'd come up and put his arm around you and said, B, tough loss last night, man, but we're going to bounce back. And we'd sit there and talk like we're best friends for 30 minutes waiting for a flight. There'd be other times where literally I'd see him at McGraw and pass him in the hallway and he'd act as if he didn't know who I was. So I, <laughs> It's when you're dealing with, with that on a daily basis, where you just don't know what you're getting. It, it, it made it hard from, from a media standpoint. And, but I, I like Larry. I like Larry. I, I, th- I thought it was time for him to go though, because I think at the end he was mailing it in. I mean, I just thought, thought he lost his edge. He lost his edge in recruiting. He just wasn't working as hard as you have to work as a division one head coach. You've got to work your ass off. Okay, you've got to recruit 24-7, and, and he just he, he wasn't doing that, in my opinion. I know we got a few minutes left here at most. Uh, so what, I'm, I'm curious as to do you have, like, a favorite or what is the best and worst Mountain West venue to call a game from, like, a radio booth standpoint or vantage point uh, in football and basketball? Okay, well, uh, hands down, the, the worst football is Air Force. It is awful. You're in a bunker way up on the concourse. There's like four windows all divided up by these little dividers. There's no room. I mean, everybody's cramped in there shoulder to shoulder, and the vantage point is just flat out awful. Plus, you have to watch Troy Calhoun stomp up and down the sideline, which I hate. Um, so Air Force is the worst for football, okay, w- without doubt. Um, gosh, man, I got I to gotta think about uh, – about the the best, you know, b- basketball is all pretty much the same. I mean, you're courtside. You're on the court every 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 place. Pits, the pits, awesome. Viejas Arena in San Diego is just awesome. I mean, th- those are just great, uh, uh, great places to broadcast games. Uh, yeah, I mean, I-, I love doing games at Canvas Stadium now for football. It's just it's uh, you get the big press box, the good viewing area. So, jeez, um, putting me on the spot here. I'm trying to think of where else, you know. Wyoming football, not great. Uh, it's older. The press box is much older. So it's tiny. And so, yeah, I mean, when, when, you, when you think about press boxes from a radio point of view and that radio boots, the new ones are all big where the, your engineer's behind you and everybody's got space. The old ones are all cramped where everybody's sitting on top of each other. And, and it, just, it just makes it a lot more difficult. But I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. I'm always happy to be in any radio booth calling games. So with one last question for me, what, uh, what's the best win that you have done in basketball and football? 
Whew, okay. Well, that's, uh, I, I'd say basketball, it, it would have to be the uh, 2013 NCAA tournament down, down at Rupp Arena, the win over, over Missouri, because that was just such a great team. And, and, and I think Missouri, I mean, I think Missouri got it to like three or four in the second half, but that, that was a, that was a beat down Colorado state dominated that game. And it was the last game I think of the day um, for all the NCAA tournament games that day. And so you probably had a few eyeballs on it and it was just fun because you just beat down Missouri in an eight, nine game. And, and I thought they played well in the first half, the next game against Louisville uh, two days later on uh, Louisville was so good. Their guards were so good. And of course they went on to win the national title. So I, I think Mike, that's the best basketball game just because it, it, it just marked an NCAA tournament win. And that's in my time here was the best basketball team that, that, uh, that I've done for. And then, you know, football, <laughs> that New Mexico bowl was pretty fun. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The New Mexico bowl was fun. That, that 2002 Rocky mountain showdown was a, was a blast. Uh, I was on the sidelines for that game. Uh, and of course the two, the O2 season was so good. Um, that was a great team. Uh, you know, I think it's probably not up to the par of 94 and maybe 97, but maybe right there. Um, of course I didn't see 94 and 97. I didn't see those guys in person. I know you guys, you guys did. Um, so, you know, that, that, and, but, but that New Mexico bowl was, <laughs> yes, it was insane. As, as Matt Goyne said on the post game show afterwards, he goes, guys, they cooked it. They cooked it. And of course he's a former <laughs> East. It. And it goes, you know, because that's what they do. They cook it and they just cooked it. <laughs> I'm that's, that's tremendous. That yeah. is so good. Yeah. Hey, uh, before you go, Brian, uh, tell us about, yeah, I was really happy to see that you restarted your podcast. Um, and it was the Ram Insider podcast that was called. Um, but I, I listened to it religiously Previously, I think you took seven months this year or, or so off, so you've you come back with a couple episodes again, and and you've got a new weekly radio show coming up or a weekly, I think it's online show, right? Or no, it's it's on the actual radio. Tell us about both of those. Yeah, so I mean the CSU Insider Podcast, you know, it's a, it's it's our university podcast. We like to get student athletes. We'll get coaches on, and uh, you know, it it's good when you have football because you know. During football, I always break down the previous game, and then I always try to get, get a media member from uh, the, the, the next game. So if you're playing Boise on Saturday and that podcast, I'll bring on Bob Beeler, the voice of the, of the Broncos, and just to try to give fans out there an idea of, hey, what are the, what are the Rams facing this weekend? Who are the key players? Uh, you know, and, and all that type of information that, that you don't get from newspapers or, or you don't get from press releases and, and game notes. So I like to do that in the uh, in the football season, but, you know, just trying to get student athletes and coaches and just keep Ram fans up to date on, on the latest comings and goings in Colorado state sports. And then, yeah, Ram jam is, is, is a 30 minute magazine show, kind of a lighter look at CSU sports. It's not really going to be the hard hitting, get into the stats and matchups of the, of the upcoming game, but it's just more of a magazine style show. It's on one Oh two nine power uh, FM up in Northern Colorado. It's our flagship. It lives on the podcast page. <clears throat> After uh, it, it airs on Wednesday nights, it lives on the podcast page at csurams.com. So if you go to csurams.com, hit on, hit on the fans tab at the top. I think it's, I think it's fans. And then go to click on pop, podcast so you can go back and listen to uh, one of those shows as well. So, and then all right. my podcasts are on there as well. And then, you know, we're doing Rams Rewind a little bit too uh, for the next few weeks because there's been no college football. So we've been replaying uh, classic Colorado State uh, football games. Uh, and I don't know when this is airing, Joel, but this Saturday on October the 3rd, uh, the 2014 Utah State homecoming game, uh, we're going to re-air that. And then uh, I'm going to be joined pregame 
halftime postgame with Jared Roberts, who, of course, uh, booted through the game-winning field goal as time expired. And Jared's out in L.A. these days, and he is awesome. I, Jared and I talked for like an hour and just just shot the bull. And, man, that's, that's one of the good things about it. We had, we had uh, uh, Joe Hansley on the week before. So it was really, really fun to, uh, to, to, to catch up with some of these former Ram athletes. That's uh, one of the best parts about this whole pandemic thing is catching up with the Kevin McDougals, the Bradley Van Pelt, Sonny Lubick, to be able to do that type of stuff. Very cool, man. Uh, can't wait to listen to that. I know you got to jump off here. Uh, tell us what you're jumping off for. Yeah, we're, uh, we're doing a Madden challenge. Uh, it's kids from students from all Mountain West Conference schools. They had a big tournament. We're to the quarterfinals. It's being live, broadcast live on Twitch. So I'm broadcasting the game along with uh, Dave Walsh. It's a CSU and a Wyoming kid going at it. So <laughs> jump off and broadcast Madden. Never done that before. So, but hey, I'm, I'm all about doing things for the first time here in this pandemic. This so. is, oh, that's, that's totally E-sports. COVID right there. Remember that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Hey, buddy. Good luck with your call. Have a good call. Okay. Take care. We'll see you guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks for buddy. joining us. That was Brian Roth. Just a tremendous conversation with him. We're very lucky to have Brian as our play-by-play guy, voice of the Rams at CSU. Uh, very much looking forward to starting uh, the college football season here for for uh, CSU against New Mexico. We didn't get to touch on this with him, but uh, CSU versus New Mexico, October 24th at Canvas Stadium. That'll be very cool. Look, looking forward to listening to him. There'll be no fans in the stands, so all the more reason to dial him up on the radio. So uh, thanks to Brian Roth for joining us. Thanks to all of you for listening today, and uh, we will hopefully, I know that we haven't been real regular with our weekly podcast. Life gets in the way a little bit, but uh, next time, hopefully uh, we'll see you next week. Please support our sponsors. They are what keeps us going. Uh, Shields, Tremendous sponsor for our contest, uh, Ginger and Baker. They've been uh, with us all year long, even through the hard times here of COVID with them having to close. Uh, they are a, an avid supporter of RamNation.com and CSU, and we're very lucky to have them. And then, of course, Mighty River Brewing Company. If you like beer, man, that that is you need to be there. You need to go there, pick up a growler, pick up a, uh, some cans to go, just sitting there at their great facility, their brewery there in Windsor. It is, it is awesome. So these guys are what makes make Ram Nation go. We ask that when you're thirsty for a beer, you go to Mighty River. When you're hungry uh, and you're looking for a, a nice dinner out, you're looking for some, some pastries, some pies, you go to Ginger and Baker. When you're looking for CSU gear, where you're looking for some sporting goods, you go to Shields. We ask that you do that. They are what keep us going. So uh, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you to Mike Rowe for being here. Thanks to our guest this week, Brian Roth. And for all you guys for listening, we're out. Go Rams.